Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies, gentlemen, theys and thems, welcome to the third annual Halloween week with Wicked and Grim. <laughs> my name is Jacko, and it is my absolute pleasure to return as the master of ceremonies. For over the course of the next seven days, we shall facilitate some of the most terrifying stories from the world of true crime and beyond. So I do hope you are ready to put your will to the test, as this is of course not for the faint of heart. For example, in today's episode we journey into the unsettling story of the Talman family, whose peaceful life took a terrifying turn when they brought home a seemingly innocuous bunk bed. Of course, it was anything but as it seemed to be instead playing host to some terrifying entities. But before I delve too deep into the tale, I should refrain from divulging too much information, as Nicole is graciously taking on the role of educating us in the matter. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to your hosts. Ladies, gentlemen, theys and thems, I give you the hosts of Wicked and Grim, Ben and Nicole. Wow. <laughs> it's Halloween week, Jacko. Yes! That was one hell oh, of an intro. my gosh. I feel like Jacko actually makes... It just sound like we're better than we are. Pretty much. I, I almost feel like he's like the ringleader, just like amping oh, us up. Oh, man. It did amp me up. I'm pumped. Same. I'm stoked. And you apparently have a dope ass story you're telling today. That sounds a haunted bunk bed. I know. Really? This, this, is, this is bizarre. I'm actually a little bit uh, shocked myself that I chose this one. <laughs> it sounds interesting. It's not the true crime genre we normally go with. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's Halloween week. We're going to do whatever is spooky and awesome. Yes. And also true crime. Because you know what Halloween week means? It means we Candy. have a whole freaking week that of awesomeness. That too. <laughs> candy. Sorry. My mind immediately ben, went to candy. Ben's already been through like a box of candy and he's just opened the other ones. So. And I'm also drinking a margarita right now. Yeah. You know, it's kind of unfair because we are we usually record in the evening and I think a lot of people probably listen in the morning, so they might not be rocking a margarita. But you know what? That was your job for today. To rock a margarita. Yeah. It doesn't at some point. 
at just, some point. Just rock a margarita, margarita, a virgin one, a double, don't matter. Drink a margarita. Mm-hmm. And it could that's even just goal. be any time, any day of Halloween week. Touche. There we go. And if you don't want it, that's cool too. Drink water. Could it's also good. be a virgin margarita, you know, I doesn't just, have to be alcohol. I already said that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Great minds think alike. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so we also promised that we would kind of share what's up for this Halloween week. A bit of a schedule drop, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like I said, we are going to have episodes from today until Halloween. Yep. Um, we also have Fearful. Yep. Fearful is dropping once again. Fearful is dropping new episodes today. Um, You can expect it to drop at noon Pacific Standard Time today. So if you're listening early in the morning, might not be out just yet. We're giving you a little bit of breathe time so you Mm -hmm. can listen to this and then rock that. But Fearful is dropping noon right now, today. Yeah. And so if you haven't already listened to Fearful, it already does have five episodes out. So some more are dropping. And it is Jacko's podcast so it's it really cool it's definitely worth a listen i love it um, so give it a search so go do it spotify apple podcast wherever you are listening right now it's on the same platform just look up fearful you'll mm-hmm. find it yep um we also going to have a merch drop yep so we have one new design that's going to be coming out as well we also have a patreon exclusive jacko re-release of a design yes so the very first week we ever had our patreon running there was one week only this design was available it's never been available again and never will be available again however we are re-releasing it with different colors so it's Mm -hmm. an alternate version of the original and it will only be available again for one week and then again never to be released right which is very cool um, we're also going to be doing a t-shirt giveaway, um, one that's going to be on Patreon and our social medias. Yep. And then we're doing a live stream on Halloween with, you'll have to tune in to see, some costumes. Yep. We're so dressing up. We got some costumes we're going to be rocking. So we're going to rock it over on Instagram, our live. And then from there, after a little while, we're going to move the live stream over to our Patreon to continue doing a bit of a live stream then. Yeah. 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 Is that it? I think that's it. Hey. Well, of I mean, course, that's we're, a lot. we're doing seven solid days. Well, yeah. Um, and there's also, because the 31st is the end of the month, Patreon is getting an exclusive episode again. And a bonus exclusive. And a bonus exclusive <laughs> where we're actually going to talk about Jacko's backstory. Goodness gracious. This is a jam-packed week. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Almost as good as this margarita. Mm-hmm. Or the mac and cheese that I made yesterday. Oh, that was really good. Yeah, Ben was just obsessed. Yeah, I was. Obsessed. It had bacon, okay? It had bacon. Bacon and mac and cheese is so freaking good. It's like oh. it's like spaghetti and meatballs, okay? It just goes together. It does. Okay, so I think without further ado, we're ready to roll. I'm like literally like shaking. I'm I know. Excited. I actually feel- <laughs> I'm not lying. Like, look at this shit. You are. You're really- We're both pretty hyped up, actually. Um, it might just be because I'm cold from the margarita, though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to like calm our tits a little bit and, you know, just chill. Okay. Halloween week is about chilling. We're breathing. We got this. It's yeah. going to be fun. I know, but I'm like feeling pretty hyped up too. And I think it's just exciting. It's it is. so cool that we're actually already on our third out annual Halloween week. Like I never envisioned this. So it's very proud and exciting for us. It too. is. Like, like, let's take a moment, just reflect on that. Three years of Halloween week. Three yeah. years of Wicked and Grim. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's like it's so it's, awesome. It just blows my mind still. And it just like makes my heart feel so full. Oh. Our little little spooky hearts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our black hearts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've, um, I think, covered everything we need to cover. Um, Just so you guys know, if you do sign up for Patreon, when we are always thanking our patrons, we're not going to thank patrons throughout Halloween week, but we will on the next Tuesday episode, which I believe is Halloween day itself, the 31st. That's when we'll thank any Patreons that do sign up during the week. Just Mm -hmm. so you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there we go. Other than that, I'm ready to get into this. Oh my goodness. Okay. Shake it off here. And Nicole's doing this one. It's not I am. me. Yeah, I'm starting this off. It's pretty cool. Okay. So it all began in May 1987 when Alan and Deborah Tallman purchased a secondhand bunk bed for their children. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. A bunk bed. Seemingly innocent, but it was far from it. What followed would shock not only their quiet town of Horican, but the world at large. The Tallmans, which was a church-going Midwest family, quickly found their lives unraveling in the presence of the bunk beds, setting the stage for a series of inexplicable events. That's a very strange sentence to say, in the presence of the bunk beds. Yeah, I know. I actually didn't think I'd ever be saying that sentence. That sounds like something straight out of a Monty Python movie, if I'm not, if I'm being honest. Yeah. No, the bunk beds. Like, well... Here you you can you can at the end tell me what your real thoughts, you know? Fair enough. Okay, but first, before we dive into the story, I wanted to share a bit about the Tallmans themselves. So the family consisted of five individuals. There was Alan and Deborah, which were the parents, and they had three children. They had a son and two daughters, the son being the eldest. The family lived in a suburban home in Horican, Wisconsin which they purchased the previous year in 1986. And this home was their dream home, the home that they kind of expected that they would be living in for many, many years. You know, they saved their pennies for like this. This was their home. Good on them for for getting that goal. Exactly. Um, So Horican was a small farming town. And when I say small, because I think lots of times when we say small, we think like our size of town, but it was approximately only 3,500 people. So that's like- Pretty small. Yeah. And it's about the same size still to this day. The four-year-old home at the time had an estimated market value of $50,000. It was only four years old, so it's a pretty pretty new build. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, honestly, that price tag, doesn't that sound so nice Oh, too? man. We pay that for a car nowadays, brand new yeah. car. Even more, actually, yeah. I think. When I wrote that down, I was just like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Um. So early in February 1987, Alan and Deborah were in search of a bunk bed for their girls. They would eventually find one from a thrift store that they did purchase. And while it appeared ordinary, it carried with it a dark force. There was a darkness to this to this bunk bed. Dark force, gotcha. The Tallman family's troubles began almost immediately after the bed was moved into their home and escalated once the bed was moved upstairs. I'm terrible because immediately when you're like, the troubles started immediately, right? Mm-hmm. In my head, I was like, oh, the troubles? Pivot. They're trying to get it through the hallway. Oh, man. <laughs> that's what Actually, I thought right away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's probably the initial trouble, though I know that's not even close to the troubles you're referring to. Well, as far as I could tell, this bed did require some assembling. So they assembled the bed so it was probably easier to bring into the house. Yeah. They did assemble it into the family, like 
in the family's basement and they left and stored it there until May. So it stayed downstairs for a couple months when it was then moved upstairs to be used. So the first noticeable change once the bed was brought into the home was with the kids and how they suddenly became ill for no apparent reason, which really isn't super like out of the ordinary because I feel like kids kind of share their germs (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Kids are always getting sick. Yeah. So a sick kid, I mean, I don't think is super questionable. Yeah, it's not exactly paranormal or super parent, supernatural or anything. But it was noted that the kids rarely ever got sick previously. So, okay, there's it was it was rare because there was even in one of the documentaries that I watched, like the mom had said in a given week, she could have each kid into the doctor's office. So it was a lot, right? Like Mm -hmm. that would be a lot for a mom to deal with. Yeah. That was just the tip of the iceberg, though. Mysterious occurrences became an everyday ordeal. Along with the children mysteriously falling ill, things escalated as soon as the bed was slept in. A clock radio switched channels by itself. This occurred to the son, and it was the night that the bed was actually brought upstairs. After his parents said goodnight to him, the clock radio in his room took on a life of its own. Oh shit. He rushed to tell his parents that he saw the radio's indicator. Like it was kind of one of those old ones where you're like switching channels and you kind of see the line like moving. Yeah, you actually have to like physically turn the dial. Yeah. And you gotta like scroll through. Yeah. yeah so gotcha. this radio's indicator was moving on its own. Oh, like shit. on its own. And so he rushed to go friggin' tell his parents what the shit was happening. But being that this seemed quite far-fetched really the parents didn't believe him and they just kind of chalked it up to his overactive imagination which i don't blame them for because that would be pretty weird yeah see i was expecting you to say like it switched from like am to fm which is like generally as easy as a switch or a button right Mm -hmm. but actually scrolling through yeah yeah so they actually just took the the like the clock radio away from him kind of like oh yeah you know you can't be playing with this. Like, it's your bedtime kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so the peaceful nights that the Tallman family once had turned into nightmares as the children described seeing a terrifying old woman with fiery eyes and hair and disembodied voices echoed through their empty rooms. The fuck? I know. Like, holy shit. All right. Okay. And when the youngest daughter was sleeping in the bunk bed, she claimed that she had seen a red-eyed witch behind her door. She also claimed that she saw fire in her room. Like, it was like the room was set on fire. I'm thinking like someone burned at the stake sort of thing is going on here. Oh, my gosh. But I don't understand how that ties into a bunk bed. So I'm curious on what what information you might have. So the son was also not aware of like what the the youngest daughter had been telling the parents yeah oh i just thought of something sorry okay yeah that's what if it was involved in like a house fire or something I th- okay okay I th- yeah all right so the son was unaware of what his sister had seen and what she was telling the parents mm-hmm. and then he stated that he saw the same thing about a month later oh shit like holy shit so they're corroborating each other's story without even knowing yeah So Alan, the dad, his first incidents of weirdness occurred when he was downstairs painting the basement. So he needed a break. He was painting, you know. He went upstairs and he was going to have some lunch. But when he returned and he was having lunch with his whole family, 
So when he returned, the paintbrush that he had used, he placed normally. Mm -hmm. But when he went back, it was sticking out of the bucket of paint with the bristles sticking up. So the handle of this paintbrush was stuck into the paint can. Yeah. Which is not normal. He wouldn't have left it like <laughs> okay, that. Okay, yeah, I gotcha. Okay, you were just like <laughs> staring I, at I me. Just, like, it sounded like there was something else you were going to say. No. That's why I was waiting. I was like, okay, and then. But honestly, okay. like ghosts or not, that would piss me off. Oh, yeah. It's like, Because oh, that fuck. is a freaking mess and a half. Yeah, it is. Like, I would just throw that paintbrush away. Yeah. But like, I think that's almost, there's, may, that could be slightly explainable still. Because like, say he just rested it on the, the top of the can and then, and then there was like a movement of sorts and it fell inward. So I'm like, so far I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah. Because you said he was in the basement and he went upstairs real quick, right? Yeah. So even like going up the stairs right? or something. Could send like enough jolt through the floorboards or something like that. Or yeah. the house just enough to vibrate that and fall in or something. Yeah. But I mean, along with all of his kids stories and stuff, like maybe it, there's something in the back of his mind already, right? Yeah. Um, so the family was driven to the brink of despair, decided that they needed to, to seek some sort of help, and they reached out to their pastor. With growing concerns, the pastor performed a walkthrough of the house, and he too sensed the presence of evil within this suburban home. He believed that they were victims of the devil. He was certain that a demonic presence was in their home, but he found no evidence that they were fabricating the incident. So he okay. was like, he was believing them. I will say this though. I am generally very skeptic of, um, let me say a paranormal investigator, a pastor, uh, anyone of that sort of type of role who comes into a home specifically to deal with a potential entity mm -hmm. generally because they're, they're getting paid to come in or maybe not even getting paid, but the expectation is they're going to take care of a certain situation. Yeah. So they already know ahead of time what to expect. So when they come in, a lot of time there's like a placebo effect going on. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. There might be a draft in a door or something. They're like, oh, cold spot. Demon. You know what I mean? Like little <laughs> things like that where they're yeah. not even realizing it. Yeah. And these sort of things can feed on just an imagination. It's like when you have a a session with a psychic you're not supposed to divulge any information yeah. prior to or whatever because then it can be fed off of and then yeah. you can it just yeah. it builds it snowballs yeah so he went about blessing their house that's How, good that's yes good. he did go about blessing it so however even this could not quell the relentless activity that had taken hold of their lives the hauntings they were experiencing did not subside Damn, good writing that cannot quell it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good job on that. That was dope. <laughs> I know. That's a cool word, actually. I want to start using yeah. it on a daily basis. So a week before Christmas, the son once again saw something horrifying and told his mother that he wanted to leave. Like, imagine just your kids saying, like, you don't want they don't want to live in their home anymore. Like, that's that's got to, like, be kind of a gut punch, in my opinion. The dream home that you've been saving up for. Yeah. So frustrated, Alan lost his cool. Like he was just done. He started screaming at the top of his lungs in the living room. He told the spirits to leave his children alone. And if they were looking for a fight, that they needed to fight him. Shit. Yeah. And like. Good on him though. But with, when I was kind of reading that and writing this, I was like, what a sight that would be as a child to see your dad doing that 
Yeah. I mean, like, I just feel like that would just be something that you would just never forget. Like your dad just freaking out and like yelling at these evil spirits in your house. I think that's like a superhero moment, though. Do you? Generally speaking, a lot of kids look up to like a parental figure, a guardian or someone uh, who's looking after them, like bigger than them, like almost like they're invincible. Like, you know, I stub my toe or I fall and scrape my knee in the playground. I cry. My dad, you know, he, he falls or something. He doesn't cry. Yeah. And then it's like, I have this thing that I don't know what it is terrifying me. And he's um, not scared. Yeah. Like the monster under the bed sort of thing. Yeah. And he's sitting here. Fuck off. Leave my kid alone. You want to fight? Fight me. Fight me. Yeah. Like, holy shit. I know, but I just, I just thinking like this small kid just staring, watching their dad. Like, it's just so it would be, alarming. It would be alarming. Don't get me wrong. But I also mm. think it would kind of be a, a harrowing experience at the same time. Yeah. And I think it'd probably be confusing. They're not too sure how to process it either. But. Yeah. Well, it's very odd. Um, But yeah. So he wanted them to fight him. And that's just what, what happened. happened. On January 1988, Alan returned home from work. He was working like a late shift. So he arrived home at about two in the morning. Outside the the garage, he heard an eerie howling sound. So he went to investigate. The the howling kind of just continued and it kind of got louder. And then a voice came out of the howling and said, come here. Oh, shit. Like, oh, there's no fucking way that I would be going there. There's like, I don't care. But he went around the house to see if anyone was there. But there was no one. When he went back to the front of the house, he saw that there was like a glow coming from his garage. And his garage was actually on fire. Fuck. So he rushed inside. He was like scared shitless, right? So he mm-hmm. rushed inside. Um. And he locks the door behind him. And I don't think he was even comprehending what he just saw or like heard. But then after a moment, he realized like, shit, my garage is on on fire. fire. So he went back outside only to find that the fire was out. And there actually hadn't been a fire at all. The garage door was undamaged like it never even happened. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is a fucked up bunk bed. (laughs) When he went back inside, he ran to reach for his lunchbox that he had set down, but it was viciously thrown out of his hands and across the room. Like, I'm sorry, but at that point, I would be like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm out of here. Yeah, no one fucks with my lunch. 
right? <laughs> like your lunchbox just being like thrown and your garage being on fire, but it actually wasn't. Like I, I don't think I would stay there. I can't imagine being in that position, really questioning his own sanity. Totally. Really. Cause like, I just imagine this thing and then this other violent act happens. Well, what I must've thrown it. You know what I mean? Cause oh, I, you would be making up things oh, definitely. in your head for sure. Yeah. And it's also way easier said to leave a house like that has probably the majority of your equity. Like it's easier said than done. You can't just like you own this house. You can't just leave. Yeah. Because where's what are you? You can't buy something else kind of thing. Most likely. Right. Mm -hmm. So after the garage on fire incident, the family, they did remain in the house. But Alan started sleeping in his daughter's room to provide provide protection and help them fall asleep. Since at this point, the whole family was kind of traumatized. One night, though, as Alan was laying in his daughter's room, he started to notice a fog appearing on the floor and around him, kind of surrounding him. He then heard a voice out of the fog that said, you're dead. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he kind of raced into the room. He was just freaked right out. He wasn't explaining to Deborah what the fuck had just happened. Mm -hmm. So she then called the pastor because of, you know, he was like pretty much like in tears and very shaken up. But that was that. They stayed there. A few days later, Alan was working late and asked a relative to come to the house and take his role of keeping the two girls company as they fell asleep. This relative, I think it might have been like his brother, but I'm not certain. But he was kind of going to sleep in the girl's bedroom and, you know, make sure they fell asleep. And he was a skeptic. Like he didn't he thought all oh, this was just like bogus. Yeah. This wasn't happening. Um, And it would be very hard to believe. Like, I feel like if my like I believe my sister and stuff when she's speaking to me. But if she was telling me this, I would have trouble taking it totally seriously. Yeah. Come on. Lay off the wine. Like, come on. So, yeah, yeah. I, I totally got you. Yeah. Well, that night, he was no longer a skeptic because the same horrible figure that was often seen by the children appeared and he let out a, a loud scream. Deborah then told the relative, grab the girls, we're leaving this house and we're never coming back. Wow. Good on her for that. Yeah. Because I kind of think it was more Alan that was like, no, like... Mm -hmm. You know, we got to stay like this is our home kind of thing. Well, and it's kind of different. Like when you're in your own little family, your own little tight knit community group, whatever, you think someone in five, six people in the same office experiencing something, you think, well, we're just seeing something. We're just not seeing an outside perspective. Mm -hmm. And then when someone else from that outside perspective sees it too, it almost yeah. offers that token of reality that, holy shit, this isn't just us going nuts. Yeah. It's actually happening. Well, and then the father too, Alan, he was probably, you know, I'm sure he was taking on like the protector role, right? So yep. he's like, I can deal with this. Like, well, we're going to make this work. Like, we'll figure it out kind mm -hmm. of thing. So news of the bizarre happenings quickly spread through Horicon, turning their once quiet neighborhood into a chaotic hub of curiosity and fear. The police and investigators searched for any signs of a hoax, hidden recorders, or projectors, but their efforts yielded no explanations. Despite being initial, initially skeptical, 
Horicon police chief became convinced that the Talmans had truly experienced the terrifying phenomenon they described. Damn. The Talmans were beset by unwanted attention as a result of earlier ghost hysteria, which they did not seek. They had actually turned down a lucrative tabloid offer um, about their experience as they did not think it was right to make any money of their children's kind of misfortune. Yeah, exactly. So the Talmans agreed to share their story with unsolved mysteries under three conditions. Their faces were censored during the interview. Their children's names were to be protected by alias. And that all like reenactments of their experience be done by actors playing the family and not them themselves. Okay, gotcha. So this episode, um, it actually aired on um, Unsolved Mysteries on October 26, 1988. Damn. Yeah, like so long ago. I actually wow. watched it. I just freaking love that show, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious. How do they know it was connected to the bunk bed specifically? Well, let it me It just kind of coincides with the coming in. Oh, oh you've Let's, got... Okay. Yeah, there's a little bit more here. And then we'll, we'll, we'll discuss everything. Okay, gotcha. So the Talman family ordeal continued for nine long months before they finally fled their home during a bitterly cold Wisconsin winter. Two weeks later... The Talmans had the bunk beds destroyed. So they took it to this place that got destroyed and it was buried. They've had no further paranormal experiences. And a new family has actually now moved into their old home and has also had no haunting experiences. And prior to the bunk bed being brought into the home, they had had no prior experiences. I see. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So with the haunting chapter of their lives behind them, the Tallman family sought to move forward, leaving their haunted past far behind. The mystery of the Tallman house in Horgan, Wisconsin remains unsolved. Despite various investigations and extensive media coverage, the exact nature of the force that tormented this family remains a mystery. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, the story of the Tallman family serves as a chilling reminder that the unknown can encroach upon the most ordinary lives, leaving a lasting mark on those who experience it. Damn. Yeah. I'm almost certain that there had to have been a fire or something involved with this bunk bed previously. Well, I've, I I honestly <clears throat> do. See, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. So I'm am not going to lie. And I do find it very odd that like a piece of furniture can bring so much into your house, you know? Well, what makes a piece of furniture any different than, say, a doll? Say, Robert the doll. What's the difference? Yeah. They're, they're both inanimate objects. I guess. One's just built to look human in some sort of way with a face and arms. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it could it could literally just be too that it was like a coincidence, right? That this kind of got brought into the house. Um, there's actually something I need to look up here that I forgot to mention, but that this brought got brought into the house just at the same time that a spirit or evil presence did. It's possible, but I mean, that doesn't explain it leaving at the same time too, especially with being so aggressive like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make sense because if it was that aggressive and just a random item is brought left, like there's no reason for it to leave too. You'd think it would continue with its aggression Mm -hmm. and it would continue haunting. It would continue being like, you're fucking dead. Yeah. 
I know. And the fact that it just kind of ended. Um, okay. But there was, yeah, there's one line here I actually forgot to put in. Um, so the Tallman house activity was described in greater extent in the book Haunted America by Michael Norman and Beth Scott. But at no time in their research did they link the hauntings to a bunk bed. The activity is instead linked to the property as being located on or near a former um, Native American burial grounds. That's a quote from this article. Okay, so so that article is saying it's not the bunk bed. Yeah. But then for the family that moved in after to have like no no issues. So let's assume for a second that that article is true. Okay, that bunk bed served as some sort of means as maybe a portal or way of communication to open up. So what is so special about that bunk bed still? Because while that bunk bed was there, the hauntings occurred. And while it was gone, it stopped. Mm -hmm. So sure, might not be directly related to the bunk bed, but that bunk bed correlates and might be a piece of the puzzle still. But it was also more – because I don't necessarily know if the illnesses – like, I think that could just be like, oh, there's a lot going on. And the yeah. kids kept spreading it back and forth to each other. But it was when the bunk bed was moved upstairs and when it was had been slept in, when it was being used. Yeah. I'm not too convinced with something like you say, kids getting sick. Mm-hmm. However, when you see a mysterious fire and a witch with fiery eyes and a fog rolls in saying, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, that sounds paranormal to me. Kids yeah. getting sick just sounds like kids getting sick. But what but I it mean, is possible still. it's very odd that the bunk bed was downstairs for months and there wasn't really any issues until it was brought upstairs and slept in. Like yeah. that's weird to me. That seems well, a bit weird. Kind of going back on what I said is like the bunk bed serving as almost like a means of like a portal opening up. Think of it as, I don't know if anyone out there remembers, we might be aging ourselves here, but rabbit ears on a television, an antenna, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. antenna's not in the right position. Guess what? You don't get reception on your TV. You bend the antenna into the right spot. Oh, shit. You now get your TV show. Stuff can come through. Putting this specific bunk bed material history, who knows what, in the right position may have caused the conditions for this to come through. Yeah. I mean, it's just a bizarre story. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bizarre. And honestly, to imagine... Like just how on edge this family is going to be for basically the rest of their lives. Yeah, I can imagine. Really, like I don't know how you could just go. I mean, you could go on living a normal life totally, but in the back of your mind, you you kind of be, oh my gosh, like is this evil spirit going to find us again? Yeah, and you're certainly not going to go to any Airbnbs with bunk beds. <laughs> oh, you would never, <laughs> never, ever, ever buy another bunk bed in your whole entire life. Nope. And that would probably just continue on down the line, like with your kids and then their kids. There are just never any yeah. bunk beds purchased by that family. Hundreds of years later, you just have this giant clan of like half the world that's just like bunk beds are evil. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good job. That was an interesting story. I've never heard of a haunted bunk bed. No. No, wow. it was bizarre. Y- yeah. You can say that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, it was interesting research, though. Where did you find this case? Um, I think I had just Googled, like, kind of Halloween spooky-themed episodes. This one isn't – well, I mean, it's spooky, I guess. And then it – or rare ones or something, and it came up. Okay. Huh. So, yeah. Yeah, well, good job. That was definitely a, an episode to open up Halloween week with, for sure. Because would wow. you consider – would you think twice now before you ever had to buy a bunk bed? 
I mean, I personally just don't like bunk beds to start <laughs> with, but I don't think it would deter me in, in any way, shape or form other than I've been deterred already. When we were in Tofino in March. Yes. Remember our Airbnb had a bunk bed and the, did. the dogs were obsessed. They slept on there. No, it didn't. No, the, no, the dogs didn't. Oh, yeah. Never mind. No dogs <laughs> on the bunk beds. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, the dogs, uh, they slept on the bottom of the bunk bed. They, they curled up together and they loved it. It was so cute. It was. Yeah. To be fair, we laid down towels and we, we protected our, the covers. Yeah, we brought their blanket and laid it down there. So. Yeah, it was all good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Halloween week. Episode <sighs> one is yeah. under wraps. Yeah. Good job. Round of applause. Uh-huh. Good job, Nicole. Uh, my margarita is almost finished, but while I'm sitting here sipping on it just a little bit, I'm going to tell you about all the stuff in the description down below. We have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Patreon, we have YouTube, all the good stuff down there. If you want to go follow us, maybe get some of the other stuff that's coming out this week for Halloween week, like maybe the live stream on Instagram, mm-hmm. maybe the extra episodes and stuff coming out or the exclusive one week only available patreon uh, merch with jacko yeah um yeah all the links for that stuff are there but if you just want to stick around for halloween week just regular that is so cool too and remember to tag us or post a story of you drinking a margarita this week make sure we get those margarita pictures because we want to see it i want to see it i want to save all the ones and see if we can like just put up a collage or something like that that'd be cool oh that'd be so fun yeah yeah Okay, well now I can I can relax a little bit. I don't know. I, I put a lot of pressure on myself for for the first episode for day one. Gosh, you next, did good. Next year I'm not picking day yeah. one. I you, don't know what I was thinking. You did good, kid. You even used the word quell in there, and that was fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. Oh my gosh, yeah, we we are expanding our vocabulary <laughs> yeah, over here. Definitely. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess the pressure is on for me now to follow that up with something awesome tomorrow. Yeah, I can't freaking wait. Me too, because I I still got to finish off some research for it. So we'll get on it. Okay, I'm gonna finish my margarita and go go do that, and. uh We'll talk to you tomorrow in day two of Halloween week. And until then. <laughs> okay, are you not thought, saying it? You're going to be like slurping your margarita. You're so odd. I took a sip really quietly. I did good. You just sat there in day silence watching me. wicked. Well done. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.